Good morning and happy Monday. It is the 21st of June. This is Generation Tech. I'm Todd Brinker, and I am joined, as always, by my dad, Jack Brinker. How are you doing today, Dad? Just fine, son. Good to hear your voice. Likewise. Likewise. And as we come off of a great Father's Day, both of us can kind of relax and enjoy all the gifts we that flowed in and (laughs) (laughs) all the tech goodies that just happened come by you know yeah anyway to to celebrate you know i just noticed that amazon's doing their prime day thing i've never paid any attention to that before but i did go down a list of Mm -hmm. things it looks like a clearance sale of everything nobody wants yeah, they do a lot of that. Usually all of their stuff is really good prices. So if you're in the market for, you know, an Amazon Echo or an Amazon tablet or something, this is the best time of year to buy it. But um, Yeah, I think they just do a cost uh, sale item, you know, just to get increased. They don't sure. give a damn if they make any money on most of their electronics. That's that's subsidiary to their main business. And yeah. They just want to get, get it in the hands of customers because – it's set up to help, help help you buy stuff from Amazon. Sure, absolutely. You know, yeah, uh, so. you know. But they, I think they, they, you know, they they sell it for more during the year, which is probably appropriate, and then mark it down substantially when you get to uh, Prime Day. Oh, uh, it's obviously it's obviously working for them because mm-hmm. I noticed that there must have been at least three or four other companies that you now use the word Prime, and so they just do it in conjunction with Amazon. And yeah. basically, you know, app, uh, Prime, Prime is a word for this event. Apparently, it's not copyrighted or protected uh-huh. because, they, you know, they just use their company name with the word Prime. Yeah, Walmart and Target do competing super sales. Some, you know, it's like a summer super sale kind of thing. Right. Um, but you're right. You know, a lot of the stuff. I mean, it, if it's one of those deals where you know it's the, some of the stuff is is a good deal. But you have to know what it is you're shopping for and know whether that's a good deal or not. Just because it's on sale on Prime Day doesn't mean that it's necessarily a, a better deal than you would get other times. And so, and then I, I always caution people too, you know, make sure it's something that you actually were looking for, you know, that you've waited to buy this time and you, you've done the research and you know what a good price on it is. Oh, you never, you, you never want to go into a sale with just a, Oh, it must be a great deal, you know. Yeah, let's go see what they've sale. got. I've got some money to spend. Let's see what they've got. But yeah. but it's obvious that a lot of people do it that way, mm-hmm. you know, or it wouldn't work. Sure, sure. So. Well, you can get a Bulova Quartz Classic Ladies Watch for $149. So, wow. You know. <laughs> In case you're in the market for a Bulova Classic Quartz Ladies Watch. Just yeah. in case. Yeah. Just in case. Yeah. Now, we did, I did yesterday as part of my Father's Day uh, 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 celebration, I did a cook along. So, I and my daughters, uh, uh, both of them on different ends of the country and in different places than I, so the three different locations, got a recipe and uh, selected by one of them, and we cooked a meal. Uh, you know, in three different places simultaneously. And, and in fact, you got to enjoy one of those meals. And I sure did. I loved it. It was done all in an instant pot. And so, uh, you know, th- th- it was interesting. And if, if just looking here, if you're interested in an instant pot, you can get an instant pot for forty nine ninety five, a seven in one electric push pressure cooker. Um, and uh, 
if you've not, yeah, for those of you who are, you know, it's not super techie, but I mean, if you if you haven't cooked in an instant pot, um, there are some things that just work so well, and you know that pressure cooking um, can really tenderize uh, meat. I've done roasts in there, and yesterday we had a um, an Indian meal. A uh, it was called buttered chicken, and uh, along with uh, sag, which is their um, uh, cream spinach. spinach, and it was delicious. It was really really good meal. And yeah. So, um, yeah. So anyway, if anybody's in the market for an instant pot, Prime Day is maybe not a bad day for that because um, they can go for uh, quite a bit more than that uh, normally. Yeah. Yeah. I think if I were to uh, ever get in the cooking business, which uh, I hope I never have to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're in the eating business, then you should be in the cooking business, to, at least to some extent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My my extent of cooking is. Uh, basically stuff that I can grab within a, a matter of a minute or two and have it in my mouth in maybe three minutes, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so it's very time sensitive. Now I know the, the cook pot speeds the world's up, but still, you know, just getting it out of the cupboard takes that long. So yeah. anyway. Well, I mean, in a, in a way too, I never, I always tell people it's not like I, I don't, I don't pitch it in terms of it's really, really, you know, fast way to cook because yeah, you cook for, you know, four minutes or 12 minutes or whatever in some cases. But yeah. it takes 15 minutes for the thing to heat up. And then if you let the pressure go down naturally, that's another 20 minutes, you know. So you got to add that on to whatever cooking time you've got, you know, including right. all the prep that you do. So you just need to be yeah. aware. <laughs> well, prep prep is always the key to cooking. Yeah. Yeah, you want to get something done uh, quickly. Um, uh prep the night before cut, you know, chop everything cut everything and, and then the next day it's just assembly and that's easy uh which was what e easy for me in our cooking thing too because my wife had done um uh, most of the prep work there was just a little bit of a few things that i had to chop up she doesn't particularly like onions and peppers and so i chopped those up myself but um yeah uh yeah so that made it easy on mother's day they had done something similar they cooked a um, a dessert type thing and um I had gotten the menu recipe prior, made sure we had everything here, measured it all out into little cups and, and bags and chopped and prepped everything. So all she had to do was pick up the right thing and dump it in. And uh, that makes cooking easy and fun. That's like they do it on TV on those cooking shows. Somebody's already done all the work. So then you just right. pick up the little yeah, bowl. Then, and then, the the star, then, then the star of the show walks in and makes it all look real easy. And they didn't uh -huh. do anything. Exactly. Because <laughs> they're all dressed to, in the, to the nines and, you know, like they'd been out. Yeah, uh, out on the town or something, right? Town, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the problem with most uh, television these days. Uh, they, they just call it all reality shows, and it's as far from reality as you can get, just about. Yeah. E even all these home shows where they're building houses and remodeling and stuff, they're all for show. Yeah. Yeah, no, what they, they, they uh, the, the more accurate term is unscripted television because they don't necessarily have written out scripts for them to follow, even though that, even then though, I bet they've got outlines of kind of, we're going to do this, then we're going to do this and stand yeah. here and now talk about what you, you know, talk about the front door that you just put on or that kind of thing, or, or more accurately talk about the front door that the workers that you employ just put on. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So, um, 
in uh, techie things, what's going on? You just sent me some articles about Japanese manufacturers found a way to reduce the cost of hydrogen fuel by three times. Yes, yes, because I've followed that, ever, you know, mostly just from headlines. And there have been other uh, seeming breakthroughs beside this article, but three times sounded like a pretty dang good number. Uh, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's going to be real competitive with electronics uh, or electrical stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, you go to a zero emissions car, and although most of us are aware of the battery-powered electric cars, um, you can also you know, run on hydrogen fuel, and you can burn the hydrogen, or you can use the hydrogen to create electricity and then run an electric car. So there's a variety of ways you can use um, hydrogen fuel. Well, Toyota well, see, sells a, a hydrogen uh, fuel cell car. Well, well, you see, I've, I've always thought that the real uh, bad thing about an electric car is the whole battery. Even though they got battery storage is improved enough that they're building electric cars that way, I don't think that's going to last very long because uh, the battery thing is just such a, such a hassle, and it just... Uh, it just kind of ruins the whole rest of the deal. Now, electric cars are absolutely wonderful in terms of motor driving the wheels, but let's let's get some uh, some other fuel like hydrogen or whatever it is that uh, yeah. is eco friendly and uh, and power the uh, power the car with hydrogen. And you know, it's just like the uh, when they introduced uh, diesel engines on the uh, on the uh, Railroads, uh, that was the first big application uh, of, of electric because those mm -hmm. were, even though they were diesel, they drove generators. Uh, so they were, they were actually diesel electric. Sometimes they use that word. Mm -hmm. Now, the diesel side of it didn't really meet a lot of people's criteria, but it certainly uh, uh, was the right answer for such big loads where the torque mattered. Right. Uh, and... Uh, the refinement costs weren't so high. In other words, you can burn a lower grade of fuel, cut refining issues and stuff. Uh, but, you know, it, in fact, I don't know that any of these uh, things uh, are, are ever going to get rid of diesel. That'll be the last of the petroleum uh -huh. products to go. Probably, probably. Uh, Although, you know, what, what do you say to those who who have visions of of uh, exploding blimps in the air, or you know the the uh, the uh, the front cover of Led Zeppelin album as the Hindenburg catches on fire? Because uh, I know a lot of people when they hear hydrogen, that's what goes flashes through their mind is hydrogen goes boom. Well, uh, n not if you use it right away. Yeah, we're not talking about millions of of. Uh, cubic yards of of, uh, um, of uh, gaseous hydrogen in a big sack floating through the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a little yeah. different. Yeah. yeah. No. I and, and that was a loaded question because I, I knew the answer. But, uh, yeah, right now you can buy a Toyota Mirai, and it's a zero-emission hydrogen fuel cell. It gets 420 miles per, uh, per tank uh, or per refueling. Um, it's HOV compatible for like carpool stickers and stuff. And when you buy it, they give you complimentary hydrogen fuel for up to six years or $15,000. So, um, that's included in the price of the vehicle when you buy it. So, um, yeah, by, now, by the way, where when, you charge it up, I don't know. 
You know, I would assume that there's probably limited places you can buy one of those because there's probably limited places that has actual fuel, uh, hydrogen fuel stations yeah. right now. By, by, by the way, the, the going boom also applies to batteries, too. So, uh, it's, you know, you, that's the comparison if you're going to compare the boom factor of hydrogen uh, uh -huh. with, the, with the electrics. Uh, but, well, they burn, know. they burn hot, but they haven't. They haven't, um, at least th those that we've seen in, in practice thus far that have been in accidents, have, you know, there haven't been any uh, big things in the news about, about uh, you know, Tesla exploding. exploding. They, but they have caught on fire on, a very, uh, on, on various occasions, and, uh, and basically the firemen can't put them out. So once they catch on fire, that's it. The thing's going to burn and you know, possibly burn through the roadway because they burn very hot. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that'll be something we have to deal with as we figure these things out. I think each, like like you were saying, you know, just like diesel and gasoline had different, um, uh, uh, you know, positives and negatives and were better suited to certain types of, of vehicles, we're going to see that electric and, and hydrogen and, and, um, and possibly yet a, a third, you know, we haven't even heard of yet, uh, means of, of charging a vehicle will um or, or powering a vehicle will, will each fit you know different niches in different ways um you know and a large part of the issue is going to be the infrastructure you know i mean we're, we're starting to see more and more places where you can stop and charge your vehicle up um you know and i think a lot of people for their um uh you know commute to and from work an electric car works fine you don't have to have huge batteries to be able to get back and forth you know, and then maybe if you go on a trip, you rent a car for, for longer distance travel. And right now, you know, I, yes, I know there are Tesla charging stations so that you can drive cross, cross country. Uh, but you have to stop and park right where they have that, you know, that station because it takes time to charge it up every, you know, each, t each time you stop. Uh, you know, I'm in and out of a gas station in, in you know, five or six minutes max. Um, yeah. Well, I, I can see where the whole business of of, uh, of rental cars, if you will, uh, or bus bus like cars, personal transportation, but still door to door, shall we say, transportation mm -hmm. uh, uh, with autos, uh, electric cars can make a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. You know, in, in cities where you have concentrations of people, and ultimately there'll be cities where you can't. You can't drive your car uh, if you, even if you own one in a city. It will, it will be public yeah. transportation in yeah. in my city. You know, yeah. park on That's the edges, true. and then when you, if you want to come in, jump on this, on this shuttle. Yeah, and uh, so uh, I mean that that's likely to come about at least in cities, but never out in the countries. You know, just isn't yeah. going to happen. Yeah, well, because, I mean, and I, I wasn't even going there. I was just saying that, you know, for, for commuting to and from work, an electric vehicle works fine. But when you start going cross-country, then it introduces some issues. Um, and you need a, a quicker refill type of thing. And I know they're working on that. And, you know, they're sort of bridging the, the gap between having a capacitor and a battery, right? And so, that, you know, right. you charge up a capacitor much more quickly. Um, but... Uh, uh, in fact, what was it? I was just reading an article, um, and I don't remember who whose phone it was. Uh, but there's a phone that you can charge up entirely in five minutes versus you know uh, 
uh, a typical phone takes, you know, 20 or 30 minutes to charge up. Right. You know. Yeah. And, and, and for something like phone, that's probably a good place to introduce it, you know. Yeah. You start working on the technology with other battery things, devices that are smaller batteries and figuring out the ins and outs of how to do that without overheating the battery or causing it to go boom. Right. Right. Yeah. So anyway, uh, the, the, the other thing that's, uh, at least come out with one article, it says that, uh, this fall sometime in late October and guess who has a birthday then and early or early November, we're going to hear about the Mac pro 14 or 16. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, uh, I, I thought that'll be interesting, uh, just because it'll also be clearly be a new chip being that these are their major pro line, uh, portables. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is something that's been rumored to go happen for probably the last six months. They've been talking about it as they've, you know, as they've released the earlier, um, M one based, uh, equipment that, that, you know, what's the next level of equipment they have started calling it instead of the M two. I've noticed they've started calling it M one X because apparently that leaked somewhere. And so, um, now they're referring to it as the M1X chip will be the next one out in their more advanced equipment. Um, you know, when the 14 yeah. and the 16 inch, and if they actually are 14 or 16 inch, is still not known. But, uh, you know, I mean, late October, early November makes sense. I understand that, you know, because there's a, a, a worldwide chip shortage, apparently there's not a problem with Apple getting its M1 chips because they've. They've booked the the manufacture of those well in advance, and they've you know they own the, the essentially the the processing lines to create those. But you know even even as much as is on that one chip, there's still other small chips that are on the on the actual motherboard in the device, and some of those are hard to come by right now, and that's causing some delays in production. So yeah, yeah, yep. It'll be interesting to see if they really do come out with some of the things that are rumored, like the um, the return of a MagSafe connector on the side of the of, on the side of the computer. I always so, felt that going to to USB C while um, not bad uh, was a mistake because they had something that was unique about their devices with the MagSafe connector that I thought was a better solution, and they walked away from it just in if, if to, in order to be standardized. Yeah. And, Seems to me, you know, if you've got the MagSafe, you can use that. But if you've got USB-C, you should still be able to use that if you want to as well. So you could use either, and that way it's up. You know, there's, you've got you've got several ways of attaching things to the side of your computer. Might as well use them all in, in, in any way you desire, right? Yeah. Well, uh, I like the uh, MagSafe idea, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I don't know if it's that big a selling point. The, because it has a backup of the battery, so if it does get knocked off, it doesn't create a potential disaster with your software. Right. That's, that's always got to be the biggest worry. And, in fact, that's one of the things that I sometimes worry about with my computer. It's just got that darn uh, uh, C3, what's USB, it called? USB, USB. USB-C yeah. connector C. is the... Is and, the... And it's not as tight as the uh, old old USB 1, 2, and whatever uh-huh. it was. It's less surface uh, area, right? It's smaller. Yeah, and so as a consequence, if you have a hard drive plugged in there and you've 
got stuff going on and that comes unplugged, you've just yeah. created a disaster. Yeah, Discon know? disconnecting in the middle of computing is never a good thing. No, no. Yeah. I, I've, uh, I've always felt that uh, that was a... That was a bad thing, and it's basically Apple saying, "Well, you you risk doing it. Why are you messing with hard drives? You can put it on the uh, on the internet, and we'll take care of worrying about and protecting your data." You know, mm -hmm. I, I think they have a uh, an interest in this game, and they're not they're not They don't want to support hard drives at all. If yeah. they did, they do it securely. Well, you know, I I mean. I I guess I slightly disagree with you. I think that the USB-C connector, and I've got them on a couple devices, um, uh, just like USB-A's, vary from one to the next, and some of them are sn more snug than others. If you have one that's not particularly snug, then um, you know I'm not sure what you can do about that. But mine seem to hold just fine. I, I've never had a, a feeling that that was any less uh, uh, strong to hold on than any other USB connector stuck into the side of a computer. Um, well, since that's the... Since that's the only jack other than the phone jack on my uh, MacBook, just the right. old original small right. MacBook, right? They they use that primarily for power, you know, uh -huh. which means that if I do use any external devices, now I'm using a, a dongle with other breakouts on it, right? And uh, and very few of those will work with a hard drive if you go out and never shop for them. Uh, they don't ad provide adequate power, even if you put a plug in them. Mm -hmm. uh, the, I had only one, and I've misplaced it, and then I wanted to use my hard drive, and I can't because I've, yeah. I've got one de interface device, and I don't know what happened to it. Yeah, well, therein lies the issue with having lots of dongles, and that's why people, that was one of the major criticisms of that computer from the get-go, and that's why they don't make it anymore is because it only had one port, and nobody was happy with that. They thought that was a bad design. It was a design flaw, I think. And, uh, you know, that was talked about pretty far and wide about a bad design choice on their part. And, in fact, the computer that has taken over as far as being the, the smallest, least expensive Mac, of course, that one was never the least expensive Mac, but uh, is the MacBook Air. And it has two, you know, which is not huge, but it's 50% increase. So at least you can plug something yeah. into it while it's plugged into power. Um, yeah. And, unfortunately, every hard drive that I have has a USB not C, uh, yeah. 3C. It, it's the old kind. So yeah, USB-A connector. So. Yeah, you know, um, you have to have an adapter for it anyway. So, yeah. Right. You know, I mean, that's that's part of life when you're transitioning. If you were to go buy a new external hard drive today, you could probably get one with a USB-C connector on it. Um, I know I've got some um, uh, batteries that I carry, you know, like external batteries that I use for extra power when I'm uh, like coaching at a swim meet or something. And uh, uh, the most recent one that I've got has uh, a USB-A and a USB-C connection. So you can go straight USB-C to USB-C. And what's nice is it then charges much better when you plug it in via USB-C because you can carry more current on that particular uh, right. that format. So um, And so it charges quicker. But then I can also um, plug in, you know, USB-C to straight to USB-C to charge, and I can charge, again, because it carries more current, charge more quickly on uh, devices coming off that USB-C port than I can the USB-A. So, right. Um, but, you know, my older battery is all USB-A, 
So, and they still work. They're fine. They just, you know, they're limited to the five volts and, and, uh, you know, two amps and that's it. So, yep. So <coughs> anyway, uh, I, <coughs> I'm anxious to kind of see what they're doing with the, uh, with the upgraded one X thing. Yeah. I read, I've read articles that sound very, uh, uh, limiting, uh, I, and I think they don't quite understand. They basically say, "Well, what do you, what can they possibly do? They can increase the speed, or they can." Uh, uh, well, they're increasing provide, cores, uh, more cores and more memory. You know, yeah. Um, you know, uh, right now, 16, 16 gigabytes of memory is the max, and so. Uh, there are those who, who definitely need more than that, so they'll probably expand. I, I from what I've read, it's essentially just doubling it. It's it's going to have uh, the ability to go to 32 gigabytes of of, of active memory, and uh, and then they will instead of what right now there's eight cores. I think what is it uh, like four high speed cores and four um, low power cores, and you're going to basically double that, and then the uh, GPU has eight cores, and they're going to switch that. That's going to go to 16 or 32, um, depending on which version of the chip you get. So those will be your options. So, Well, uh, my take on this uh, is that uh, uh, one of the benefits of having their own chip, particularly since they've got a lot of AI stuff in here, mm -hmm. has to do with the fact that it enables them to build very specialized machines. Mm -hmm. Now, the specialization can only go so far as as it matches the the right mix of how many you sell you you don't spend a lot of development money on sure. stuff if if uh, if you don't sell many of them yeah. so they don't they don't want to go too far afield there but that's that's the fundamental limit as to how much specialization you put in yeah uh, un and unless they come up with uh, a two chip solution uh, and and m extender or something whatever you want to call it which basically is all memory but it's it's swappable rom uh, ram uh, you know it's it's rom that's that's brought into a program to to, to uh, supplement shall we say uh -huh. uh, either the ai portion uh that's that's in there or what so you get the specialization that way it's mm -hmm. it's like a library of of uh functions that uh, that can gain uh, sufficient uh, or contribute to the speed because the speed uh -huh. isn't just clock rate speed right. has a lot to do with with what do you have on chip yeah uh, and speaking of clock rate have you noticed they've not talked about clock rate at all with any of their chips and which you know I mean they've got it running in a, a fanless you know MacBook Air and then a, a, a de two different desktop machines, as well as then a a, a, a laptop with fans, and right. they haven't. And you know, we don't know, you know, how they're you know throttling it differently within one machine to the next. You've got to assume that that when it reaches a certain temperature, that they then start to throttle back the speed of the processor in order to manage the heat that's coming off of it. So you would think that if you push them very hard. That the fanless MacBook um, Air would end up being a slower device, if not initially, after you've been processing at high speed for a period of time, right? 
Yeah, one, one thing about this throttling business is remember the flack they took over over uh, so-called throttling in the past, right. which is actually not more properly called an optimization. Right. It says it says we'll give you speed, you know, as much speed as we can based on the thermal qualities. That's right. all it is. And yeah. And it ought to be it ought to just be upfront about that. You well, know? and and not only the thermal qualities, but also the amount of current that comes out of your battery as your battery ages. We may not be able to run things simultaneously. We'll have to send we'll we'll send them sequentially in order to uh, maximize the the use of current. Right. Uh, right. That, that's what they were doing on the phone that caught them so much flack was somebody at Apple said, yeah. hey, wait a minute. We've got these phones that have old batteries. And typically, if you were using the previous version of our operating system or if you were using an, uh, a, uh, you know, one of our competitors phones, it would just reboot itself because you're trying to do too many things and the processor, the battery can't provide enough current to do that. But if we take those processes and send them in sequentially, you know, then then we use less current. And yeah, it slows the phone down, but it doesn't reboot, which is which would you rather have a little bit slower phone or a phone that just reboots in the middle of when, you, when you're trying to do stuff? So, yeah, you know, and they caught a lot of flack for that because technically they were slowing the phone down in order to keep it from rebooting. And I thought, you know, the, the real issue with that to me wasn't what they did. It was that they didn't explain it. They didn't tell people about it. They did it sort of incognito and, yeah. and what they should have done. And they eventually did tell everybody what what they were doing. But what they should have done is right off the get-go, just explained, here's yeah. what's going on, here's what we're doing, here's that, why. That, that's exactly why I said earlier yeah. that they got to be upfront about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like, great, do what you need to do. And and better yet, what they ultimately ended up doing was, or give me the option of deciding how I want it to behave, you know? And that's ultimately what they did with the phone, was they, they eventually gave you the ability to turn on or off that, that uh, you know, parsing of the processes so that if you wanted to turn it off, then fine, just understand that your phone may, you know, depending on what you're doing, if you've got an older battery in it, it may just die in the middle of doing something, and then you'll have to reboot it. But, uh, yeah. You know, but it's your choice. You could decide which experience you'd rather have. Have the fast machine as long as you can, or or you can have it, you know, slow down and warn you that, hey, we're slowing it down because your battery is not holding a good charge anymore. Maybe it's time and, to and, and a new battery. And, and, and since about 99% of the people out there have no idea what they, how to select one option versus another, the default will be what they've always done. They'll sure. make the decision for the customer, you know, and and uh, sure, yeah. Let all the ripers, yeah. you know. The, yeah, they'll <laughs> look at what's the best best user experience, right? Because let's face it, ninety nine percent of the people didn't care one way or the other, right? They they'd rather have a, a slightly slower phone that works than a um, a phone that has rebooted itself, but. Um, but there are those, you know, mostly the techie people who understand what's going on complaining about this. And most of the complaints were, you didn't tell us this is what's going on, and we had to figure it out on our own, and how dare you slow down our phones. Yeah. You did that just to force <laughs> us to buy a new phone. And Apple's like, no, no, we'll give you a new battery. If you want to buy a new battery, we'll put a battery in that one if you want. But, you know, here's the problem. We can't make the problem go away. This is the life life with batteries. So, Yeah. 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 
No, you know, it's funny because sometimes I think some of these complaints against Apple are silly, and Apple is clearly, you know, trying to do what they think is best for the um, uh, for the customer. But then it's also very clear as things come out with emails in some of these trials that they've been in that, you know, they're also very clearly doing things that are best for Apple. You know, they, they never lose sight of that. Um, you know, things things that, you know, make sure that if, if they find something or a function about one of their things that, that makes their, their operating system or their, their in, um, overall environment more sticky, then they absolutely will use that to get people to... to um, stay with apple products as opposed to switching to a competitor yep so customer's always right though huh yeah no not at all (laughs) you know that's never been their attitude ask ask you know and and people have asked steve jobs that in the past you know before he he passed and and uh yeah he he would have laughed Uh, and and said usually the customer has no idea what they want (laughs) that's right that's right. That's why their jaws all dropped when he first announced the iPhone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you get it? It's an internet communicator. It's a phone. It's it's an iPod. It's the same device. It's one device. Yeah, we just put it all in one package. Yeah. <laughs> we thought you might like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's got to be one of, the, one of the best keynotes ever was when they introduced the iPhone, his, his little spiel it- there. And you could tell he was almost giddy. He was almost giddy talking about it because he just knew it was like, this is going to be a game changer. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, By the way, speaking of jobs, I was reading an an article somewhere uh, this morning that uh, a guy said that he was kind of talking about his own history with Apple products. And and he said that uh, somewhere along the way he had an iPhone – thought it was or some apple product that instead of having the just the bite out of the apple that it had steve jobs uh profile in in that bite do you recall uh-huh. a product like that um i don't recall a product like that i think somebody i remember seeing a piece of artwork or somebody somebody did like that but i don't think it actually had that because uh, i i didn't remember it but then they did have a little picture of it uh not a very good one but you could you could see that it had his profile instead of just the normal bite. So I, I didn't look at it that good, but I thought that was kind of interesting. I thought maybe yeah. it was a memorial, a memorial uh, move by uh, Apple uh, just after jobs had passed or something that they had done that with something. Yeah, no, it was, um, it was uh, not a, um, uh, like an Apple product or anything like that. It was something that was done. Let's see, here it is. Uh, I just went and found that image, and there's a story about that image on, of all places, The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, okay. Within days of going viral, commenters pointed out similarities to the work of another artist. Steve Jobs' tribute logo sparks controversy for the graphics dev- designer. Uh, the revised Apple logo with Steve Jobs silhouette placed in the bite mark found its way to all corners of the news media and the internet in the wake of the co-founder's October 5th passing. But the graphic design student who created is now fielding accusations of plagiarism. The 19-year-old Jonathan MacLong, who lives in Hong Kong, originally created the black and white image in August as a tribute to Jobs when he stepped down as CEO. And almost just as soon, it went viral. The New York Times reports that Mac started being wildly accused of copying the concept from British designer Chris Thornley. Uh, Thornley created a very similar image in May with different color and slightly different silhouette. 
It's been an overwhelming experience, Mac tells New York Times. I still attend classes and lessons as usual, but as far as following my assignments, it's been difficult. So basically, it was just a piece of tribute art that was done by somebody. Um, yeah. But, uh, okay. you know, especially right, you know, at, you know, like you said, he did it when he stepped down as CEO and he, you know, passed shortly thereafter. And so it wasn't yeah. too long before that happened. It was, it was an interesting idea. And I think it was, uh, uh, you know, not something that, that Apple, I think, ever considered doing. But, uh, but nice. You know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I just happened upon that. Yeah. Thought that was kind of kind of cool, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hadn't seen it. Well, I mean, it was 2011. You know, so it's it's I hadn't seen it in 10 years. Yeah. Um, hard to believe it's been 10 years since Steve Jobs passed, but uh, but Tim Cook has certainly uh, as as uh, CEO made the uh, made Apple. Into something oh, he that's pretty was, amazing. <laughs> yeah, he he was a, been a great CEO in my view. Uh, probably mm-hmm. did better than Jobs would have. Yeah, yeah, or or at least the two of them together would have continued to do well. I wonder if Jobs had been had, had was still alive if Cook would have stayed with the company, or if Jobs would have like moved to to uh, you know chairman maybe and let Tim Kick move up at some point. Still, you know, I don't I, I wonder how they would yeah. have transitioned that because, you know, clearly, you know, Cook was the right man at the right time, you know, and it's unfortunate the way yeah. he had to take over, you know, you, you never wish for the passing of somebody, you know, to, to advance right. your career. But uh, but he clearly was the right man. Um, it, you know, he, it's you can debate about you know the whether the the products or the creativity is the same as it was or 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 as it, you know um, interesting as it was when jobs was there and i think we certainly lost something in terms of um, an interesting presenter the the presentations aren't as exciting without without jobs you know oh that's 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 sure tim, yeah, tim, no, tim no, cook yeah tim cook comes out you know and he's and, almost He's almost mocked for his lack of enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, he, <laughs> even he, even when even when I even when he stands there and says how great and exciting it is, it doesn't yeah. sound exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for coming. We have some exciting news today. I think you're going to be pleased. I think he even realizes that that he doesn't like it that much. He's uncomfortable with it, um, and so he he um, you know he yeah. doesn't do most of the presentation anymore. He pretty quickly. You know, he he will do sometimes a summary of, what's, summary of what's going on with the corporation or something, but then he pretty much hands it off to somebody else to say, "Here, you you guys talk about your stuff." Uh, yeah, you know. well, well, he's had a couple other stars, uh, you know, that he's kind of depended on. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Especially the uh, the hardware guy. What's his name? The Can't think of it. Senior vice president are the ones who kind of come out and do their thing now. Um, the, right. well, the software guy, uh, Craig Federici is the software guy and he's, Oh, I thought he was hardware. Yeah, no, he's, right. he's, he's a programmer. He's, he's a software guy that's right. and yeah, that's uh, he right. does OS stuff and he's pretty, uh, uh, dynamic speaker and, and seems to be much more comfortable in front of an audience. Um, but I, you know, even then they've done, you know, uh, what was it? The, um, uh, uh 
one special effect recently where you know it was somebody talking and they pulled their face off and it was Tim Cook underneath or vice versa. Tim Cook, you know, reaches across his face and pulls his face off and it's somebody else. You know, they make it look like you're wearing a Tim mask or something. So you know, even he's had some fun with it. I mean, uh, yeah, you know, you, you got to think somebody else had that idea, right? Said, "Here's what we want you to do," and Tim goes, "Okay," <laughs> you know, or "No, absolutely not." You know, one of those two. Uh, you know, but. Uh, yeah, he's not uh-huh. the most he's not the most dynamic presenter, but uh, you know, boy howdy has the the company been successful under his uh, his reign. Although you know, you say you know more successful or better than it would have been with with Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs also managed with with Tim Cook and others, you know, in tow. Um, obviously, it was you know the full executive board helping make the decisions, but uh, you know, brought them back from the brink of bankruptcy to to you know being an incredibly successful and powerful company. Uh, and Tim Cook, you know, took that momentum and built on it. So, yep, you know, but there's been, you know, during during his reign, there's been some complaints about some of the products have been uh, uh, a little bit too much design over function, and they they were knocked for that, and they seem to have kind of turned that corner and come back a little bit in their more recent releases. Um, but I mean, your your laptop's a perfect example of that, right? They redesigned the keyboard in order to make it a millimeter thinner, and people have complained about that keyboard to the point where they, after three Ever years, since. gave up on it and and went to back back to the original keyboard switches. Um, you know, right. and the, and you know, it's it's a beautiful device. It only has you know two holes in it, one for headphones and one for power slash data. And people who use it go, but that's not enough holes i need i need one for power and one for data not power slash data you know um and so there's just a lot of compromises but you know from from one perspective you never know whether you know anytime you make a design choice you're making compromises this over that you know and you don't know if those were the right compromises until people actually get out and use it you know and i know there are some people who absolutely love that form factor of that really really super ultra thin device and today if you want that from apple you essentially have to go buy an ipad because that's the only thing that has that same you know sort of profile in that it's a super light thin device with one port yeah yeah which is fine you know i mean there's a current criticism too about ipads in that you know you've got these incredibly powerful computing devices with an operating system that really doesn't take advantage of them very well you know yeah yeah you know and they continue to tinker with that i mean as evidenced by the one that you know, the newest uh, ipad os that was just uh announced at uh worldwide developers conference uh, a week ago um in that you know, one of the issues with iPads has been that it's incredibly difficult to use multiple screens, you know, to have two apps running. And sometimes you need to be able to read something from one app and type into another app. And so you need two apps up on the screen. And it is incredibly frustrating. You know, I have tried to do that. And I can't tell you how many times I've had an app pop up onto the screen accidentally, have another screen, and then it's really hard to get rid of it. You know, it's like, I just want to go back to using one app and I can't close the other screen. And I mean, I've spent times, you know, putzing around with my iPad, trying to get this other app to shut down and close and go away and leave me alone. And I can't get it to do it. Yeah. You know, well, can, I've never had that problem who, on my Mac. 
Yeah, every, everybody who has ever tried that has failed, and therefore you to say it's a multitasking system at this point is a bunch of nonsense because nobody uses it. Yeah. Well, I know there are power users who do, and they say, oh, all you have to do is do this and this and this, and it's like, okay. But, you know, sometimes it's a the difference between this and that is just a subtle difference in your in the gesture of touching the screen. It's too difficult, and that's one of the things they've addressed in this new version is is that they now make that much easier to do. Um, well, and it's like in good. my view, in my view, they've not recognized yet, and, and and what really contributes to the frustration is the fact that it's much easier to accidentally tap the screen somewhere, mm -hmm. not, you know, and and not even knowing where, and suddenly you're gone somewhere and you have no way back. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing that has been built into Android from day one is a hard-coded back button. Just take me back to yeah. the screen I was looking at a minute ago. You're right. That's frustrating. That, that's frustrating. That's, that's a major weakness, major weakness in the iPad, and that mm -hmm. alone affects that op multitasking environment because yeah. you can get into it oftentimes accidentally. Yeah. You know, and, I will and tell you know you, you don't want to be in I will tell you what I do in that case is I drag up from the bottom and hold for a second till I see all of my previously open windows, and then I can tap on whichever one I want to to go back, and that usually solves the problem for me. Uh, that's for the phone, you mean? No, on the iPad, same thing. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess so. But you don't get you don't get to see too many there, you know, two or three maybe. Uh, six usually, and then you can scroll back from there. Yeah. But usually you just want to go back to the last one because, like you said, you accidentally touched something and now you're in a different a different app launched, and you just want to go back. So I drag up from the bottom, hold for a second, and then I get a view of everything I previously opened. So yeah, that that's just that's assume, assuming you caused it by switching to another app. That that does work sometimes, and maybe yeah. it's most of the time, you know, in your case, depending on use. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can also bring up other windows within apps, and then that's up to whoever designed the app as to how to go back, you know. Right. But that drag-up function seems to work for me, so um, that's that's the thing that I use the most. You know, one of the things that I find really irritating on the Apple TV is the same issue. How do you go back? Like, um, and, and this is, uh, again, it's a, it's a function of the apps because the app people create it. But, like, say I go to Netflix and I want to watch what I was watching a minute ago. I have to scroll around to find the, you know, uh, things. you they, they show you lots of, you know, you liked this, so you might like this other thing. And they'll show you, you know, uh, you know but if you're watching a movie and you weren't done with it or you're, you're um, watching a series and you want to watch some more of it, it can be dang hard to find the thing, you know. And I understand, you know, you can you can use the uh, uh, Siri to say, "Hey, play this and go find it." But you know what? Sometimes I don't remember the name of the stupid show. I just remember who, you know. I might remember the name of the actor who was in it, but I want to finish watching it. <laughs> it's like, dang, yeah, man, it is hard. To, <laughs> it is really hard. Um, and I understand that that's what uh, part of the um, the Apple TV app. I've actually found that that's the best one to use. So if I'm watching something. You go back to the Apple TV app, and its first row, when you go there, is stuff you've been watching, right? Uh, um, yeah. Which I like, except that uh, not every um, not every um, piece of uh, not every piece of software from every 
streaming company is listed there. So like there's nothing there from Netflix. They don't they don't interact with the Apple TV app at all. But I can go there and see, you know, something that I was watching on on AMC or a movie that I was watching on Disney or uh, something that was on HBO. It's up next is there what they call it. And it's, you know, whatever you were watching before you could watch the next episode of or the next showing of or something like that. So yeah. uh, that's probably the, the best, but it's still not everything. And it irritates me that it's not everything. I wish the fe- folks at Netflix would get off their high horse and play with the opera. You know, you, to me, that's a function of this particular device that, that you know, it's, it's part of the operating system. And so you need to support the operating system you're running on. And if you're not going to do that, then uh, then don't be on that operating system. You know, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Which I guess would be worse, right? I guess I'd rather not have to then go to a different device to watch Netflix. But it's just, it's irritating. You know, yeah, that and the whole, um, you know, we design our app to look the way we want and it looks like crap on, on a device that has better interface than other devices. You know, um, the Amazon app yeah. is, is pretty poorly designed, the Amazon Prime app. And so if you go to the Amazon Prime app, it it does it. Its interface looks very basic compared to um, Netflix, HBO. I- Disney. <laughs> they just didn't put much effort into making it look good and work, you know, work well. Yeah, I I don't know uh what what their motivating factor is whether they maybe maybe they find they're not uh getting customers from Apple products as much as they used to because they've got so many of their own devices out there. You know, sometimes you look at data and that sort of sh- shows how companies emphasize what they do next uh-huh you know yeah they, they look at their own product mix versus other companies and if if they're not getting much use by a certain class of customer then they're they tend not to well they they might you know jump on it if they think yeah. that it can make a big difference but but that's what they're looking for Anytime you invest money, you say, "I want to get something out of this." You know, it's got to be worth the investment. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. When you when you and, and companies like Amazon and Google and Facebook and, and and Apple, you know, they they all kind of keep track of what's being used by how who and how many, right? And uh, right. And, and it doesn't make any sense to spend a lot of time and effort. In fact, that was the fear of a lot of lovers of the Mac was that Apple gets so much of the revenue and so much of their um, user base is on iPhones that the fear was that they were just going to essentially let the Mac die on the vine. And so it was a pleasant surprise when we saw the Mac, you know, moving to the M1 and them continuing to, to create features and functions for the, uh, for the Mac environment as well. And in fact, their Apple's response has been, no, we're not getting rid of the Mac. What we're going to do is, is make the Mac more iOS, iPad OS like over time, you know, to the point where now they're running the same hardware. Um, and that way, then we can continue yep. to support all of this, which makes a lot of sense from Apple's perspective. Well, and 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 by having their own silicon on there, they've uh, multiplied their their margins. You know. Oh yeah. So yeah. that that's significant. It it might not have been very wise, except that they, that they I mean, because they weren't making much money, but they said, oh yeah, we can do this, and suddenly we'll be back in the business, right? Yeah, we'll have a better device. We'll make more money. Um, 
and you know they're, they've been pushing their developer um, base towards um, using their new um, UI uh, kit, which um, uh, will uh, you know when you develop for it, it's just click a button and it'll create versions of that same app that run on all of their different operating systems, and so um, yep. it minimizes the amount of work that. Um, a developer has to do to create a Mac app or an Apple TV app versus an iPhone app or a, an iPad app. And you got to think from a developer's perspective, if I'm going to create an app, I want it to be iPhone for sure. Because there's, you know, well over a billion of those out in the world. And those are a billion people right. who might buy my app versus, you know, the, the millions that maybe own, you know, an iPad or the or the millions that own a, 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 a Mac, you know, you, you go for the billion, not for the million, right? But if it's easy enough to get the, the millions included in by, you know, clicking a box and, and doing a little bit of, of work refining your interface for those other devices, then sure, why not, you know? But, you, you know, if you compare an app across multiple devices, generally... Uh, every app is going to fit much better in one space than the other. They've still targeted the app, regardless of whether it's a, running across multiple devices. And I, I, I think there's a, a limited amount of return they get by having the device some de or some apps on other devices, just because it, 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 you know, Apple does it for them. You know. Oh sure. Sure. I mean, and, and let's face it, too. There are some apps that are created that way. You know, let's say, say it's an iPhone app that maybe has an iPad version um, that they then say, well, you know, I'll go ahead and make a Mac version of it that don't come across looking particularly Mac-like and function terribly Mac-like because they're not Mac-first apps. It's just, you know, but we're making it available to people who have Macs, too, because why not? You know, right. we can. And that yeah. was the point, I think, behind Apple creating the their... their um, um, you know, UI kit was to sort of say uh, UI being user interface, by the way, so that, you know, it's like, Hey, yeah, it won't be a perfect Mac app, but it will be a Mac app. You'll, you'll be able to do it. Um, an example of that, by the way, is the home app, the current home app um, that runs on iOS and iPad OS was built for the Mac via UI kit. And so, yeah, it doesn't work like um, some traditionally hard coded for the, uh, for the Mac apps work, but it works well. It does it. It serves its function. You know, you can if you've yeah. got a home automation and you want to do it, you now have an app on the on the desktop that works just fine and does what it needs to do. So, yeah, you know, yeah, but but when they're all running on the same silicon, at some point down the line here. Uh, it might just be as easy to say for certain apps, bring up this particular version on, especially if you're on the Mac, because there you're going to probably easily, more easily be able to run from uh, an iPad type interface or an Apple TV interface. I mean, they could just pop it in the screen, you know? Yeah. And why do you necessarily want to run it out of, uh, out of iOS directly if, you know, if it has any different look about it than the other one. Right. Sometimes well, it's frustrating from a user standpoint to have different looks, you know? Right. Well, but the, there's also the, the, the flip side of that is, is that there are some things that you interact better with touching and with your fingers and others that work better with like right. mouse and keyboards. 
And so, um, you know, you as a developer, you have to make the decision. Well, do I want my because because if you have an M1 Mac, you can run uh, iPad and iOS de- uh, apps directly on the screen if you want to. The question is, does doing that work well with the you know mouse and touchpad interface? If it does, then fine, go ahead and just run your app there. Uh, if it doesn't, then maybe you want to create a version that's unique to the uh, to to the uh, Mac OS that then allows for you know interaction given that particular setup. And you know, so- I don't know. I, I I'm sure that Apple has got some people out there sitting there and saying, now that I can run every device on my on my uh, M1 chip, right? You know, right. Uh-huh. Uh, how, how, how and what what benefit is that? When what would I be using if I want to go do a task? You know, would I be using just the iOS interface? No, probably not. You'd probably want to be able to push a button somewhere that's always there. It says, let go bring up one of these other devices and quickly do it because it'll be easier. You know? Yeah. So it's it's like instead of picking up a device, you just you just zap it on your screen and it's there. And you know, I, I don't know. Uh, ultimately, somebody's got to figure out what's the best workflow, if you will, when you've got multiple choices of multiple devices running on one device. You know, mm-hmm. oops, Heidi just Heidi just uh, rang in. I'm going to uh, let's see. I want to. Uh, Decline, I think, for right now. Uh, I I got her. Yeah. If she keeps calling back, then I might have to jump out. Yeah. Yeah, people call. People call. It happens. Yeah. What can we say? So. So. You know, it's it's. Um, I I know, like with with email, you can say. Uh, have an automated response and I wish they would do that more easily for uh, uh, I guess you can do it with the do not disturb for texts too but you can't do it there's no good way to do it on the phone where it just picks up and says hey I'm busy right now I'll call you back you know I see that you yeah. called I acknowledge that you're there but I'm not going to talk to you right now it'd be nice if there was a way to do that uh, with phone calls yeah, I too that wasn't one of my choices <laughs> They they tried to accommodate me in a couple of ways, but it wasn't yeah. none of them. Yeah, I thought Apple had at one time had a way where you could send um, uh, send a text back to somebody. Like when they're calling in, you could I, say, "Here's a text. I'm busy." Which is great if they're calling yeah, I, from another iPhone. If they're calling from a landline, then it doesn't do you any good at all. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I I don't know. Yeah, but uh, I don't I, think that's I just, right. that's not sufficient. If you because if somebody's calling you, they're not looking at the messages app, right? What they're looking at is the is at their phone. It should just answer right. the phone. You should be able to hit a button that answers the phone and plays a pre-recorded message for you. Just yeah. you know, and it's and it's not the the typical, you know. I I guess you could you could uh, change your outgoing message on your voicemail, right? But it'd be nice if you had a couple options for that outgoing message, and one of them is. You know, I'm not available to take your call right now. Please leave a message. The other one could be, yeah. you know, I, I, I see that I, I see could, that you're calling, but I'm busy at the moment. I'll call you back. 
Yeah, you know? probably what I should have done with her is it, it didn't have hold you. So you, I didn't want to hang up on you. I should right. have said I'm going to hold just a minute and told her what I, that I'm busy, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. That would have been nicer. But that, that interrupts yeah. what you're doing, you know? And, I mean, here we're recording. And, you know, I mean, for our, our purposes, this isn't a bad thing to talk about because it's a technical issue that hasn't been really solved very well yet. But, um, yeah. But it'd be nice, I guess. That's what I'm asking for. Is I'm asking for one uh, a voice message that answers the phone that doesn't send you necessarily to um, to voicemail, but just lets me tell you something. Right. And I should have you know one or two of those, or maybe three or four of those, set up and have the option to hit a button and say and and send you that message, and then you know and then either chart you off to to voicemail or hang up on you, you know, right? And then, and then I and then I can respond appropriately at a later time. Yeah, I, I I guess it had an option that was better than the one that I used. If I if that happened again, I would probably just say hold and I'll be right back. Yeah, you know, and uh, taking care of it. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, it, yeah, but when I mean, it hits you suddenly. Yeah, but also you, if you're if you're um, if you are uh, you know in the middle of doing something that you don't want to be interrupted. That doesn't right. work. That that choice doesn't work, and so, right. you know, they don't really have a good choice for that. To be able to silently, without interrupting what you're doing, tell somebody, "I see that you called. I'll call you back." You know, I guess you yeah. just you just deny the phone, and then you have to text type a text into them. I guess is the way you do that right now, and you can do it silently. Uh, you, you should you should be allowed to record your own message. Uh, that just is always handy. Excuse me, but I'm busy right now. I'll get to you as so, soon as I can. Yeah, something like that. Yep. Yeah, and, and technically, I guess they have that. It's voicemail, right? You could you could record your voicemail instead of instead of the more generic voicemail message. You could do something like that. It's like, you know, sorry, I see that you're calling. I'll I'll, you know, I'm busy. I'll call you back. And that, so you can you could record your voicemail message to say something like that, at right now, and that might be the better yeah. way to do it. I mean, essentially, when you say, you know, I'm not available to take your call right now, please leave a message after the beep, you're saying the same thing, right? Right. And and if, if it's urgent, anybody's going to ignore that and call you right back, right? And right. Keep, keep trying. So, so yeah. you know, of course, they're urgent and you're urgent may be two different things. That's always the problem with phones, right? That's the nice thing. It about, is. That's the nice thing about text and emails are that they don't have to be real time. You can decide whether you want to respond and when you want to respond. Whereas the phone, it's buzzing in your hand right then and there. And they're interrupting whatever you're doing and whatever they they want is more urgent to them than necessarily what you want. Or it might not be urgent at all. They just picked up the phone because they randomly said, hey, I'm going to call right now. But you don't know yeah. that. <laughs> and it interrupts you. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they're... they're there, uh, for purposes of our particular show, there ought to be a way just to put it into that mode. There ought to be. Oh, a there is. You can, you can put it into do not disturb mode. I guess I could, but I didn't before we started the show. Yeah. And maybe I could, maybe we should start doing that. Yeah. Um, you can actually, right you, can, you can schedule do not disturb. And I actually have mine scheduled for do not disturb. Um, now, oh. That doesn't mean that there aren't times when there's something that I am like waiting on a call. I think last week um, we got interrupted twice because neither of us had do not disturb on because because you got a call from my brother 
and I got a call from my dentist, and I needed to talk to my dentist. So I expected that if they called during this time, we was I was going to get interrupted. Um, yeah. You know, and sometimes that's just, you know, that's life. You, you're you waiting on a call, and you don't have any control as to when it's going to come in, and you need to talk to that person. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, the, uh, the, the, the do not disturb is the, the way you should do it. You should just set it up so that on Mondays between, you know, this time and that, you, know, you will be on do not disturb. I have mine set up to automatically go into do not disturb at night, too, so my phone doesn't go off in the middle of the night. Um, and you know yeah. if somebody's on do not disturb and you call that and, and you get two calls from the same number in within, like, four minutes of each other, that it will let the second yeah. call through because it's like, okay, that must be urgent. So, so yeah. you know, now, if, 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 if in the middle of the night I got a call from one of my daughters saying, hey, you know, I, I need your help, um, I'd be able to get the call. Yeah. I was going to tell you about an incident this morning that occurred because as neighbors, we kind of help each other out. And if the trash has been dumped in the morning, you know, if it's a trash day, then, mm -hmm. you know, we'll pull up the barrel and leave it in front of somebody's garage door, you know, instead of leaving it out at the street, you know. Right. Just to kind of help out. Well, it turns out that uh, they didn't pick up my... Uh, my my brother while he was here trimmed my trees. You know he's he's well, uh, he does. that's yeah. his business. And he did a really nice job, and he filled a barrel with uh, what they call yard waste. Right. And they're supposed to pick up yard waste every week on our pickup day, regardless of whether it's you know recycle or recycle and garbage day. Right. It, the yard waste is always on. Well, right. they they did the recycle and the and the garbage but they didn't get my yards waste. So I went onto their website and told them that. So they said, mm -hmm. they rescheduled. They said, have it out on Monday morning by 7 a.m. Mm -hmm. So last night I put it out. This morning I decided to check and see if they'd picked it up yet. And I said, hmm, it's not out of the street. What's going on? I went out a little further and, oh, it's up in front of my driveway. Somebody had moved a full barrel of yard waste up away from the street so that if somebody did come picked it up, <laughs> yeah, they, so they couldn't they pick it up because they put it in your driveway. <laughs> Great. Yeah, trying to be and helpful. I, and, I can't, and I can't imagine the yard waste pickup people set, coming along and saying, oh, that's the guy. We don't want to pick it up. We'll just move it up to his garage. That that didn't happen. You no, know? no. It was so a neighbor I, who said, hey, it's not the trash day. They shouldn't have their trash can out there. So they pulled it up for you, even though that's it was right, still but full. It was full of stuff. And they didn't understand I'd prearranged this because yeah. they'd messed it up before. So now I don't know quite what to do. I'm going to leave it out there all day, and if they don't come and get it, yeah. then I'll send them a note yeah. and tell them what happened, you know? Yeah. But, you <laughs> I know, have an over-friendly those... neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, it, well you, would, you would think, though, they wouldn't have moved it knowing once they discovered it was full. You would think. You know? But they may have also said, it was... but it's not trash day, so and it obviously didn't get picked up, so let's get it out of the street. So they did it, you know? I'm sure it was right. well intended, but it was, yeah. Honestly, what I would do is when we get off the show here, I'd call them right. I, I'd call them during the day. I wouldn't wait till later because they can't do anything later. It's like call them, call them early in the day, and they can maybe get a truck to swing back by again. Well, the communication with them has to go through their website system. There's no phone number to call. Uh, yeah. So, you know, they respond when they get to it. It's like most things they don't have enough employees and uh -huh. the stuff just 
I, you know, that's I don't interesting. Know what, I, 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 when I call, when I call our, our trash pickup people, I mean, I haven't had to call them much, but they, they have a phone number. <laughs> you know, pretty much everything has slowed down since the virus because people cannot get enough employees. In fact, there's restaurants that have yeah. actually closed now because they want to open, but they can't get any, anybody to come to work for them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which is kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, some, some, in some cases they're saying because people are still getting, um, uh, you know, unemployment that is, yeah, you know, worth more than what they were actually making. Excuse me. But in well, some that, places, in some places too, it's people who have just said, you know, I don't want to go back to doing that. There's a lot yeah. of people who have, who have, because of COVID found ways to, to make money working from home. And they've just said, you know what, I'll just keep doing this. I like yep. this better. Yeah, it's, it's not, definitely disturbed lots of things. And it's going to take a lot longer to get back to normal just because of that. You yeah. know? Yeah. I, I don't think people in, in business anticipated all this uh, these difficulties. No, no, I'm sure they haven't. I think there's a lot of a, a lot of people who have just said, uh, you know, and, and to be honest, too, there's a lot of people who own businesses who have just said, you know what? I, I'm done. I'm just, I'm not going back. It's, I, I'm, you know, it's been long enough yep. and it's been too, and, and, and again, you know, I found other things to do with my time and other ways to make money and I'm not going to go back and launch that business again. You know, a lot of small businesses have been hit hard that way. Um, yep. You know, um, small businesses that, uh, you know, by, by, by the way, this thing that's affecting Apple is affecting every business out there. The, the, log the logistics chain is is very complex, yeah. and it's 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 not just a simple matter because uh, there's there's things sometimes three or four stages down that are is affecting a whole bunch of suppliers. And, oh yeah, and, you know you say this thing this thing affecting Apple. You're talking about the the chip shortage, and that's it, that's affecting yeah. lots of things. New cars are oh. having problems because. You know, and, and it could be just some simple little resistors or, or um, uh, you know, a, a fairly simple, you know, switch chip, uh, uh, you know, that, that is used by lots of people for lots of different things that, you know, uh, shuts the power off when you close the lid on your Mac. Um, you know, that switch is not made by yeah. Apple. It's made by somebody. And that switch is also used when you close the door on your car and when you, when you, you know, uh, uh, put the lid on your, on your pressure cooker and, all of those things need that that chip, and guess what? There's only ten, and we need eleven. You know? I mean, yeah. Well, I, I I read the story about a logist from from written by a guy in logistics, and he's saying that calling it a chip problem is just the tip of the iceberg because there's mm -hmm. a jillion other little things like that that are out there affecting the logistics chain. Yeah. And and they they just haven't. Uh, you know, been brought to the fore by the news media or whatever. Yeah. But it's it's just extremely complex, and and there's no good fast way to resolve it. It's, yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, and as <laughs> as much as people talk about how Apple is a um, vertically integrated company, you know, they're making their own chips, and they're you know they're they're not the ones they they you know they make the one of the chips inside of their computers and, and, you know, and, yeah. or, or, or they, they've licensed Still. the making up to somebody else. But, but, uh, 
you know, but there's still lots of other little parts and pieces in there. You know, I mean, the little screws that hold the, the that hold the case together are made by somebody who makes screws. You know, and if that person isn't making enough screws, you're in trouble. Yep, yep, yeah. the 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 basic uh, point of the article that I was reading by this logistician was talking about how just in time uh, uh, delivery to product to other customers really wasn't just in time. That's not quite what it really meant. Uh, and I forgot the, the, the words to describe what uh -huh. makes it really work well, but it's something that uh, a lot of people copied and it didn't work for them because what they didn't understand about just in time was that wasn't enough words to say what the real trick of the, of the logistics problem was. That was one component. And right. it took on a name and it didn't describe everything you needed to know. Yeah, yeah. I, and, I've heard it said that you need to call it like sequentially available. Um, uh, what was it? Uh, sequentially available for for assembly or something like that, where it's like, um, you know, each part has to arrive in the right order at the right time, and and you have to be able to warehouse you know minimal amounts of that in order for assembly to work. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. In fact, the re the real driver on all of this was to minimize storage time. Right. You know, when it really wasn't doing anybody any good. Yeah. And and that that was the real problem that you were trying to solve. Right. Yeah. So, we don't we don't want things anyway. sitting in warehouses. We want them going, you know, from here uh, to to an assembly plant and then that, then the products from there straight to a store where they're being sold. We don't want them sitting in a warehouse waiting to be moved somewhere. Because so. that's an expense, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah so anyway yeah. uh i thought it was a well-written article but i just didn't remember all the details but it was uh it explained the problem in its in enough depth that you could really see mm -hmm. what was going on and and the, but but also in the concluding part of the article is that they spent about a couple paragraphs on the situation of once it's disrupted how that disruption is not easily fixed and it takes time to get this all this coordination going again, especially and it, and it, that was in response to the pandemic impacts, and and they explained how how that uh, was such a fine tuned thing, and to get back to that state of, of tuning where where you got lots of multiple companies involved and and all kinds of different widgets uh, is uh, is different for everybody. You can't, you can't solve it by yourself, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Well, and, and, and it's certainly showing sort of the, the, the uh, you know, companies that didn't buy into the, the, you know, Japanese Kanban, which is the just in time, a model who were still wear, yeah. warehousing parts and stuff are, are laughing right now. Cause they're going like, Hey, I got all my stuff. I bought it last year. It's sitting here ready for me to use. So that, that's right. And, and that was a key to some of the recovery of this stuff, recognizing that certain things weren't going to uh, be available for quite a while. Yeah. And knowing, you know, knowing about what what their impact would have. So, anyway, uh, we're in a we live in a complicated world. We do, and, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Well, and and you know, as as you were alluding to in in referring to that article, you know, it's each of these things. There's a lot of interdependencies, right? And so, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, what do you do if you work in a factory that makes a widget and you use a specific device to make your widget, and then that device breaks, and then you need a part, and the part you need is made by a company who makes, you know, a sprocket, and the sprocket. People haven't made enough sprockets, and there aren't any available to you right now. Then you can't have any widgets, and now that you know, now all of your product, uh, product uh, downline products are are held up because of a sprocket, right? So it's there's yeah. all all kinds of of uh, of those tight, you know, uh, uh, reliances on this and that 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 uh, are now affecting lots of different things. And quite frankly, you know, over the last um, couple decades we've put more and more smarts into more and more devices and so some of the things that you wouldn't imagine are reliant on having a functioning you know computer chips in them are 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 suddenly now being held up in manufacturing because we don't have enough of those and you know while it's yeah. while we're talking chips that you know there that's just one area that we're you know very aware of because they're so so um, widespread use, such a widespread use of, of the electronic controls and things. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm going to put you on hold now momentarily, yeah. Todd. Okay, I'm on hold, so I'm guessing that uh, he got a call back, and now he's decided he's got to pick it up and say, "I can't talk to you right now. I'll call you back in a little bit." So we'll, hopefully, he'll come back in just a minute. And we'll do that, but. Uh, yeah, the, the, it's it's a complex issue with the um, problems of global shortages, and uh, and so it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how long. I mean, I've, I've read predictions. Hello. Hey, I was just saying I've read pre I've read predictions that um, that you know we're going to see continue to see global goods shortages for two or three years as this all shakes out. It'll be interesting to see what we really see. You know, the predictions are one thing. What do we really see? Do we bounce back quicker than than people had projected, or do we, or or does it take longer, or were they about right in their projections as to how long things are going to uh, be in yeah. short supply? Because uh, I don't always buy the uh, the experts' predictions on things either, you know. Um, well, it, it they're all guesses, and and there's some pe ba bad guesses, and all mm -hmm. kinds of stuff that go with this. Yeah, you know. Well, and quite frankly. The way our media is designed, they are much more inclined to pick up and and talk about and and repeat and 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 make a big thing about projections that are more dire, because that makes for more interesting reading and more eyeballs on their articles, and they make their money by getting people to look at their stuff. And for you know an article saying, yeah, there's a shortage, but it won't be very long, and everything's going to be fine, short you know, in pretty short order, is not an interesting article to them. They have no reason to want yeah. to put, th put that on, you know, on their page or in the news or, you know, whereas, oh, no, this is dire. It's going to take a long time to rebound from this. This is going to be terrible. Uh, that's much more interesting. Right. You know, <laughs> yep. so, um, <laughs> you know, so the nature of our news is to always, you know, when given the choice, pick the more um, explosive, more headline grabbing conversation to talk about, whether it be in the print print media or in, um, you know, online media, or whether it's, uh, you know, television and video. Um, and so, you know, as a consumer of that information, we always have to keep that in mind, that that their inclination is to talk about the more, the more splashy 
possible outcome as opposed to the more um, necessarily accurate one. You know, um, they, they, yeah. they're, they're not interested in accurate predictions. They're interested in, in, um, in uh, conversations that will get people to watch their page or, or come look at their, their media, whatever it is. And, and, and it's primarily because of that, that they've lost my viewership in a uh, in in many cases, I've I've made a conscious effort uh, over the last year to basically reduce the amount of uh, uh, shall we say exciting uh, stuff like news propaganda. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. where, where their goal is to get you all riled up, and I I don't like that feeling. So I just said, well, I don't need that. Yeah, and and I found out that I've I've actually been uh, a lot happier that I'm missing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's you, you can li- live a much lower stress life when you just consciously decide that I'm not going to allow uh, yeah. a bunch of, of well, inflammatory well, information ba- into my life. Well, basically, I took it out of my daily life and made it a weekly event. Mm-hmm. I've only got one day in a week. I'm going to allow myself to listen to this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and then yeah. and then that, it, that includes then television. I'm even news? cutting. And I've, yes, and I've even uh-huh. cut down on that. Good. You know, that one once a week. Good. It's just, just, well, it's what's just funny, uh, when you find that you cut back on it, you find that then you don't, you don't crave it quite as much, you know, because you do, you get, you crave, what's yeah. the next exciting thing? It's always the next exciting thing. You're, so you're looking for it, right? But if you right. back away from it, then you kind of go, eh, I don't care. <laughs> I've found other yeah. things to do with my time. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's how I've always felt about um, uh, online media. I, I am not a fan of social media at all. And so I do very limited. I, I have always had very limited access. I don't even have a Facebook account anymore. Um, well, what uh, haven't, haven't what I really love <laughs> is that the only time I hear about Facebook is if mom finds something interesting that she thinks I need to know about. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's nice. That's enough of a sampling of what's I want it for. I don't want it on a daily basis, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I um. I don't uh, don't do that one. I have an Instagram account, and that's mostly just because my daughters occasionally send me stuff there. So when they text me and say, "Hey, I sent you something," because they will send me something, and then and then later I'll be talking to them, and they'll go, "Didn't you see the thing I sent you?" And it's like, "No, I hadn't even launched the app in in two weeks." Oh, and I go back. <laughs> then I'll I'll look, and there's messages in there from them, and I'll look at what they sent. Um, yeah. Uh, well, you know, it's yeah. it's all a matter of what you do with your sure. time. I've, well, the, I've the other found th- that I've, Go ahead. I've got plenty of audio that I probably uh, am not hearing everything that I own. You know, yeah. I mean, I just, you know, it's, it's just amazing how I'm interested in a lot of specific things. But uh, I've. I've got plenty of stuff to occupy my time, I guess, so that I'm even being very selective, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, well, the other trick for me has been, even if I, for the few um, social media accounts that I have, I don't have, I have notifications turned off. So I don't have anything popping up on my screen saying, you know, hey, you've got a message uh, from so-and-so. Or, hey, you've got this thing. Look, I don't have no, there's no, no, I only look at them when I feel like looking at them. I don't, there is nothing that's, I, that's sucking me in to go look at them. Uh, I, I've done some of that, but I've got to go do more of it. I'm I'm kind of a, annoyed that with Apple, you know, stuff is out of the cloud, and there's a, too many things 
where if I do it on one device, I'd love to have the same thing done on all the devices, but they yeah. don't allow you to do that. You know? Yeah. Well, notifications I mean, should be I, universal, right? Yeah. I mean, of, of all the features right. that they have in your in your in your settings, notifications should be universal. Although I can understand, like you could say, like I don't want notifications from work on my on my phone and my iPad, but I want it on my computer because when I'm sitting in front of my computer, that's usually when I'm doing work. And if my boss, you know, sends me a notification, I want to be able to respond to it. So I can see where you might want them some different on certain devices because you use them differently. But the default should be they're all the same, and then you can go and, and select which things you want different. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. it's so much work to get get it done when you have multiple devices, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm always constantly annoyed with the fact that I mm. have got to do it more, more than one place. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, the other way you could do it is within preferences. Uh, when, you, when you go to the notifications um, uh, section, you should be able to, uh, as a checkoff, like when you select um, a notification, uh, you know, you can say allow notifications, and then underneath it, there's lots of, like, you can customize. Show the notification on the lock screen. Show the notification in the notification center. Badge the icon, uh, 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 app icon, if there's multiple, you know, notifications. Uh, play a sound for notifications. You can do all of those things, right? One of them should be synchronized notification. So for each individual app, you can say, I want this synchronized across all of my devices. That should You can be. say that? No, I'm saying that should be there. That's the thing that's missing is synchronized notifications. Missing, yeah. Yeah, because that would be – so it, rather than have it global, I should buy by application, say, I want this application synchronized. You know, I don't want notifications anywhere from this app. Um, or versus, you know, I want this one to be everywhere. Um, so you yeah. can just say, this is what I want, you know, or they could even give yep. you a window and show all of the devices on your account and from any place, whether it be on the Mac or the iPhone or the iPad or your laptop, um, you should be able to say, here's the devices that are on this account. Notify me on these three, but not that one or vice versa. I should be able to do that for yeah. every single app. Right. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think that's something that, okay, Apple, if you're out there listening, here's the next thing you need to do with notifications because that really gives you some control. Like right now, in the new version of, of um, uh, Mac OS and iPad and, and iPhone OS that's coming out, um, they're going to have, instead of just one setup for notifications, you're going to have a couple different setups, meaning on your device you'll be able to say uh, – you know, during sleep time, behave this way. During work time, behave this way. During, uh, you know, relaxation time, behave this way. So you can create different, um, um, I can't remember what they called them. Uh, that, that's, that's getting way too complex. I want the default to have them all off, and then I'll tell them, what, you know, if I want one, I will go tell that app that I want it. Otherwise, right. I'd like one switch that turns all notifications off right. from the no well, notification center. They've got the, the the do not disturb, I think, is where that's going to be added in. So it's going to be more and more um, more and more controlled there. Like on the Mac, under notifications is where you set up your do not disturb. You know, And there you can say, yeah. you know, do not disturb when the day display is sleeping. Do not disturb from this time to this time. So you can set it up that way. When the screen is locked, uh, Ah. You know, when mirroring to a TV yeah. or a projector, you can say do not disturb. So if you're watching a show and you're mirroring 
the device to your bigger TV or something, uh, then it won't bother you. You won't get notifications popping up on it, which is perfect. You know, so they've got some of these things. Um, yeah. Know, do do not dis- when do not disturb is turned on. You can say allow calls from everyone or allow repeated calls. So when do not dis- excuse me when do not disturb is yeah. on. You know, uh, a second call from the same number within three minutes will not be silenced. So, but the first call will right. be. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, I hadn't hadn't really paid attention to using "you do not disturb" the way it was supposed to be. It, yeah. It's a it's a part of, it's a part of notifications. That's what disturbing disturbing is. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, and it makes sense that it's there. But, um, yeah, I have that set up, like I said, on my phone. And uh, my phone is the device that sits next to me when I'm sleeping. So that's the one that I have set up so that, you know, between this hour and that hour, do not disturb goes on. Well, well they, the only one that they automatically do is every time I'm in motion with the car is it right. turns off disruptions. Yeah. And you, you can know? turn that one on, too. Right. So and in fact, yeah. that one goes a little further because it also if you pick up your phone, It'll uh, like if you're a passenger in a car and you pick up your phone and try to do something, it'll come up and say, you know, are you driving? Because <laughs> if you're driving, right. it's just just that little interruption to say, if you're driving, do you really want to be messing with your phone? <laughs> you know, which is, you know, sometimes enough. I know I grabbed my phone uh, once or twice when that was happening. And it's like, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't be doing that, especially in the you know, I've got uh, uh, CarPlay in one of my cars. It's like you don't need to mess with the phone. Well, and, AirPlay. And uh, CarPlay. Yeah. CarPlay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's, uh, you know, in California, it's illegal to be using your phone while you're driving anyway, so um, probably a good idea to just say no. <laughs> Put it down, deal with it later. You know, interact with well, CarPlay or Siri so you can do it hands-free. Yeah. By the way, well, I anyway. just for grins looked, you know, and it's Amazon Prime Day, right? So if you go to the um, uh, Stocks app and see where stocks are, you'll see that the S&P 500, the NASDAQ, the Dow Jones, the New York Stock Exchange, the Nike Stock Exchange are all up. Starbucks, Microsoft, Disney, Intel, Apple, they're all up right now. Amazon is down. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Wonderful. Yeah. First, first day of Prime Day, and uh, and their stock is down right now. Huh. Now their stock yeah. sells well, for three thousand four hundred and seventy-two dollars uh, a share, so being down fourteen dollars is not that much. But they're down fourteen bucks, percentage-wise. Huh. I guess it's not that much, but it's weird that they're down at all on Prime Day. Yeah, that sounds almost like yeah. um, a bunch of people are betting that Prime Day is going to be a bust. Yeah, well, you know the market does weird things all the time, all the time. Yeah. There's 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 people who who uh, it's it's just a mind game with them, you know. Yeah. And so they're playing games with people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you think about it, what you're doing is you're you're betting that you can predict how people are going to behave. Not it, it right. really doesn't have anything to do with the actual you know value of the company or what the company is doing. You're betting that you that, that how people are going to behave. Yep. <laughs> so. And so, you know, yep. you can you can sort of learn to predict some of that kind of, but then sometimes they don't because people can be pretty unpredictable at times. Yep. You know, and then and, you never, and it's 
and and it reacts and it has all kinds of reaction to various emotional things that happen, you know, events sure. during the day as they occur. Yeah. You know? Well, and then you get so, some big investor like, um, you know, um, uh, what's his name in Omaha or, or a Elon Musk or something that decides to, you know, decides to say something in an, you know, and news breaks that so-and-so just said this and then suddenly everything goes haywire and all bets are off. Yep. You know, because yep. they control enough money that, that if they decide that, you know, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing, then then they can screw things up yeah, every, every which way. I'm, I, I, I don't miss it at all. I, I don't even know why I even have the uh, reports of what are still come on my phone. I'm thinking about taking them off, you know? Yeah. It's like, why do, I, why do I care, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if you don't have money invested there, that way, then you really don't. And if you're investing, I mean, if you're a day trader, you care, right? Because if you're investing long term for retirement type of stuff, then you don't care day to day changes. And right. so, so it's like, okay, <laughs> so why am I doing this? It's just another one of those things that you know, it's 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 an adrenaline addiction, right? That's all it is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. One more notification you can turn off. Yeah, right. I think if that's our mantra for the day, right, is like turn off notifications. If you want your life to be simpler and less stressful turn off notifications and and by default every time you put an app in the notifications are on for that app so you know you have to sure. go th you have to go to the settings and notifications in your device and go through your notifications so you have to spend some time doing that but it is probably some of the best spent time you'll ever spend in your life is go through and shut off a bunch of notifications in fact i well, would well, say you were probably right go shut them all off shut off every notification and then as you use your phone over the course uh, or your device over the course of uh the next week if there's something that you you like information somehow that you're not getting that you really need then go turn it back that that one turn it back on um yeah. as opposed to just having everything turned on but probably before you even talk about notifications is just go clean the apps off your phone see i uh, my all my devices got, got cluttered with apps just because I'm curious. Yeah. And I download yeah. stuff, try it, and don't just should have gotten rid of it right away. But I don't clean house often enough. Yeah, I do that myself as well, you know. And so I probably have you know a couple hundred apps on my phone or any of my devices. I probably have several hundred. My Mac is probably the cleanest of them. I don't tend to download a whole lot there that I don't use. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. said, I probably have quite a few. I've got 141 items in my applications folder, so so I know I don't use 141 apps. So there's a whole bunch there that I don't use very much uh, as yeah. well. You know. Well, Todd, let's uh, let's call it a day. So it's funny. I'm, uh, we'll call it a day here in a sec. I was just looking at some of these apps, and it's like, well, some of them are more like utilities, and so yeah. you know, it's like, okay, I guess I do use that, like. Uh, I've got one that's a uh, a reader for my my uh, or a, a device for my scanner. So yeah, okay, I use that when I use my scanner. Um, and then you know I've got Photoshop and Lightroom, and then there's an Adobe Creative Cloud. So there's three things from Adobe that I use. Uh, uh, I have a list. I have a, a list app called AnyList, and I don't use it very often on the Mac, but I have it on iOS and iPad as well. And it's just so that if I do grocery lists, I can get to them from everywhere. I don't use it here very often, but it's there, you know. And then there's the apps that are already built in from Apple, like App Store and the Automator. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I've got an app that um, 
that uh, allows you to create bootable uh, SD cards for, um, like if you're going to put a, um, on my Raspberry Pi, if I want to set up a, a bootable SD card for Raspbian, which is the operating system it uses there, you need this app, so I have that app there. Uh, I have BB Edit, which is a great little text editor. Um, now here's one, I don't know what it is. Basiskill. I don't know what that is. What is that? B-A-S-I-L-I-S-K-L-L. Okay, and... I don't know. Let's see. If you if you have to go to that much trouble, I'd say kill it. Yeah, and I, I <laughs> you won't miss it. Well, I you just won't miss it. And it doesn't open. It Never. won't run. So I don't I don't know what's wrong with it. It won't run. So options are get rid of it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, I I have a number of them like that. I I will look at it and say, hmm, wonder what that is. And it won't run unless you update it. I says, well, it's easier to delete it. <laughs> exactly. It's like, okay, I obviously don't need that one. Oh, here's one that I, I which is kind of cool. It's um, it's called Cheat Sheet. And what it is, is anytime you want to, um, if you hold down the Apple Command key, it brings up a, uh, a quick. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, a yeah. quick, like, cheat sheet that shows you all of the. Um, uh, various uh, commands that you couldn't can remember, right? Yeah, it's a it's a memory card. Yeah, yeah, it's it's all the shortcuts on on Mac. So if you want to, if you you know need to to remember how to uh, you know do a screen capture or something like that, they're all there, and I like that. Yep. So yep. yeah, that was oh well. A cool app. Sounds like sounds like work to me. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like I've got some house cleaning to do, so why don't we uh, call it a day, and I will get on with the house cleaning on my Mac. So thanks for joining us today on Generation Tech, and we'll be back next Monday. Bye, Dad. Bye, Todd.